Welcome to the Pro Photographer Journey Podcast, your resource for building the photography business of your dreams. This is Shamira Young, bringing you tips, business strategies, and interviews with award-winning photographers. We're all in this together. Let's get to the good stuff. Hey, everybody. I'm here with wedding and portrait photographer Ray Whitney. Now, Ray is a wedding photographer, a coach, and an educator that teaches rising pro photographers how to run a profitable photography business. In less than eight years, she has taken her business to six figures consistently by dominating her market, building a consistent brand presence, and strategic marketing. Ray, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. You know, I am so excited to have you. When I got your email, I I just, it was just, I was pumped because <laughs> it's, okay, you're, and we were talking about this in the pre-interview chat. People listening right now, if only you could hear our pre-interview chat because she was <laughs> like sharing knowledge bombs already. And I'm like, oh, we need to start the interview <laughs> so people can hear this. And you know, it's one of the things that is so cool, Ray, is that you are a wedding photographer who is thriving during this pandemic. And it is inspiration that we all need to hear, including myself. And and so I'm just so, so happy to have you on the show. And you've got all kinds of wonderful tips for wedding and portrait photographers alike. And so... You know, I do like to start with just the my favorite basic first question. Tell us about yourself and your background and how you even got started. Absolutely, absolutely. So thank you again so much for having me on. I'm super excited to chat with you and your listeners and hopefully drop some gems and, you know, just motivate pe- people, us photographers, to just keep going, keep going no matter what. And so... Um, Yes, my name is Ray Whitney. I am a wedding and portrait photographer. Um, I say I'm a photographer for the chic and modern. Um, I love, absolutely love being a photographer. I feel like this is one of my gifts to the world. You know how some people find certain things to just be easy. And you're like, I mean, that wasn't that hard. All you do, you know, whatever. (laughs) Photography is that thing for me. Mm. Um, And so I'm really blessed to be able to be in this role Um, And so I started my journey um, in 2011. I took a class, um, a course under Daryl Todd in DC. Um, So shout out to all my footprints people that might be, might hear this. Um, Daryl Todd, he is amazing. So he is also a Howard grad and long story short, I took this class under him and he teaches you how to um, shoot a manual and the the world of professional photography. And I mean, it just changed my entire life completely. I mean, at the time I had a DSLR and, you know, the kit lens and things, but, and I just loved taking pictures, but I would never call myself a photographer, quote unquote, because I didn't really know, like, you know, technically what I was doing. And so that class changed the game for me. It it taught me how to shoot a manual. It opened my eyes to the world of photography and, you know, all the things. And so that started off Ray Whitney photography and it really just started off from a passion and interest and just snowballed into my entire life and world. And um, so it's been some years. I mean, been ups and downs, trials and tribulations, but I literally started like everyone else from ground zero and just really kind of found my way, like found my style, really, 
um, found the type of people that I wanted to work with, like the type of content that I, you know, imagery that I wanted to create. And um, now I am full time. It's been five years full time. And um, I service the DC, Maryland, Virginia area, as well as Houston, Texas. So I am a bi-coastal and, you know, just shooting, shooting the, the, some of the most amazing clients. I, you know, it's a dream. It's really a dream. So yeah, that's a little bit about my journey. That's so cool. I'm curious, did yeah. this class teach, you mentioned shooting in manual, did it teach anything about business as well? Well, no, it, it did not. Um, I mean, a little bit, let me not say it didn't. Actually, it did. I mean, we talked a bit about like contracts and like image releases. Oh, nice. And, Very nice. Um, just really understanding, yeah, like being a professional, um, mm-hmm. kind of CYA um, as a creative um, and just understanding, you know, you know, so there was the, the basics. And so, I mean, at the time it was like, again, it just kind of opened my eyes to a whole new world that I just didn't even know <laughs> was a thing. Like I had never, uh, I never knew photography could be a career. I, mm. I mean, my family, we, we took pictures when, when I was a kid, but we never did like these professional photo shoots. You know, I can't remember those things. And so, mm-hmm. but you know, that class just opened my eyes to like the, in, the world of it. I, I attended WPPI. Mm. I remember, and I think the first year I went, I think it was 2013. And, you know, I was just like floored. I was floored. I went to the one in Vegas and, you know, you go to the expo. Yeah. And it was just like a photographer's dream, you know, it was Candyland. So that (laughs) just was an experience. And ever since then, I've just really like, at every turn, honestly, I've just like, dug a little deeper and dug a little deeper and dug a little deeper and um to find my way and it's been organic but it's so you know it's been a really good journey when I think back it's just crazy to think that it's been like nine years to me it's so wild so the one thing I do know is I'm thankful to my younger self (laughs) for actually you know just like tapping into this passion like to just invest you know and do something new, you know what I mean? Because that small decision legitimately um, has changed my life. You know, every small decision that that we make certainly has an effect. And and I love that you mentioned that the class taught contracts and the certain foundational aspects of running a business because that is light years ahead of what a lot of people know and i mean yeah myself included i started this podcast i think 2013 and one of the reasons i did is because i realized i didn't know much about the business side of running a photography Mm -hmm. business even though i'd gone to art school for college and had a degree in fine art it was like the business knowing how to take your photography business seriously and run it like a business is one of the distinguishing factors between people who are in it for the long haul versus someone who picks up a camera and is like, oh, I'm a photographer now, magically. Yeah. Even though they may know nothing about contracts or what to charge. And, you know, I've made every mistake in the book, so I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus. Like, I've shared... (laughs) some of my worst mistakes on this podcast and it's just kind of like we all start from somewhere and we do absolutely for sure for sure and you know I I'm super curious then so how did you gain traction after you finished the class 
uh, and you got your business up and running, I guess, how did you gain traction? What are some of the things that you struggled with um, and learned as you gain momentum? Yeah. yeah so um, in the class, you know, uh, before we even went out and shot, we really like it was all book work, you know, so you had to really understand like the scales and things. But through it, we had homework assignments and we would have to shoot different imagery, right? And reproduce and, and look at the shadows and the highlights and the colors and things like that. And so um, in the beginning, I would just like ask my friends. Um, I went to Howard University, like I mentioned, and I, um, I pledged, I'm an AKA. And so I have a lot of line sisters. Um, and I mean, I, we were pretty young, you know, young college grads or whatever. So everybody wanted photos, you know, <laughs> so it was not hard for me to find like, hey, you want to take some shots? Hey, you want to take some shots? And so I just kind of like started like using my friends, um, my girlfriends, just like as the subject. And we would just take pictures as I kind of like learned, like got more confident with shooting a manual and learning like my style and what I like to produce, like what the, Im- what the images looked like, felt like and stuff like that. And so it was like very organic. I mean, literally went through the class, started sharing pictures, doing photo shoots. And then people were like, Oh, I want to take pictures. I want to take pictures. So I just kind of like started just kind of taking pictures when I rem- I'll never forget the first time I had my first paid session. I think it was like $50 for the session. <laughs> And uh, we went by the Capitol and it was like around holiday time. And, you know, I just did all of these shots, you know, it was just, you know, that kind of thing. And so that kind of started, okay, well now I'm going to charge. And I would charge like $50, $65, $85, you know, Um, and I, you know, you get up to hundred dollars. You're like, wait, well, this is big, you know, but it's, so it was just like this, like build up over time of me creating content and sharing the content on Instagram, like, creating it and sharing it, creating it and sharing it. And that was kind of like what I focused on. I mean, at the time I was working a um, full-time job. I, um, that's a whole another story, but I got fired twice. Like, but in between me finding this passion. So the, I was um, doing internal audit for a nonprofit. And that's how I even learned about the class was through one of my coworkers whose mom was taking the class. So mm-hmm. that was that. And then, that job didn't work out, you know, and then I, I became an accountant at a law firm. Um, and so that meant like my hours picked up more and everything. But at by that time, um, which was like 2014, I had kind of, yeah, developed this traction. Like I was shooting a, a lot. Um, again, I was in DC and I went to Howard and I had friends and then friends would tell friends and I shared it on social and it just became this thing. So um, I was busy, but I, you know, wasn't necessarily prepared to be full time. It was just like, oh, I'm just shooting that type of thing. And then um, when I I got fired from that in April of 2015, and by that time it was like, okay, well, like maybe this is my sign. You know, I, I pretty mm-hmm. much prayed for it. I prayed for a sign because I felt like overwhelmed with my nine to five job and like um, being an accountant and the pressure of that at this law firm, it was like only two of us. Um, and, and then um, the CFO and then oh also goodness. then like the demand of the business. Like I felt I was shooting almost every weekend, but I didn't feel like I was really able to put my time towards like the, in the business. It was more like shoot and edit and deliver 
that was like, you know, all I could really do, you know, time wise. So I, I was just at this like a rock and a hard place. And I, and I prayed about it. It was Easter Sunday. And literally by that Wednesday of that week, um, I got a call and basically was terminated like out of the blue. Mm. Um, and so that was it for me. And I was like, okay, well, I, this is what I asked for. And now I'm here. And um, that's when I just went full throttle and like really um, just took, just did the things, right? Did the work, really got, really got, you know, nitty in, into the nitty gritty of it all. Like um, really started to market my, so, you know, my business with different publications, um, really revving up like how the types of imagery that I shared and um, I rebranded. I remember right before I got fired, January of 2015, I rebranded. Um, so that was like, you know, another blessing in disguise because it really had my audience take me even more serious. They were like, oh, okay, this is looking good. You know, mm -hmm. she got this logo, she has this new website. I'm starting to market to the people that I wanted to create with as opposed to just like creating with any and everybody because, you know, everyone wants, you know, photos. Everyone he's like, oh, you're a photographer. Oh, my uncle can, you know, he's starting a t-shirt line. You can shoot a, you know, everyone <laughs> does that, but that's yeah. not going to really benefit you. You know what I mean? Especially if you're trying to market to weddings and, or have a certain kind of client experience or kind of trying to create a certain type of imagery and you have to really like get clear on that. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but yeah, I mean, the traction was organic, but I really genuinely think it was because I mean, I just created content and I shared the content. Like it was just like, oh, this is a really cool picture. Let me put on social. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is a really cool picture. Let me put on social. Tag my friends. They would share it. And it just became this like engine, right? Like this, I think of it like of this little bitty snow snowball that like rolls from the top of the mountain. And by the time it get, got down to the bottom of the mountain, it was a huge like avalanche because it was like a buildup, you know, of just doing the things and just kind of like um, building up that demand. So, yeah. You know, I love that you put in the work and I love your transparency sharing about about how life happens, Frank, frankly. I mean, being laid yeah. off, it just, you know, we've all been there. It was, and that was yeah. one of the reasons that I started considering photography full time. Um, right. that started me on that path. I mean, in 2008, because everyone has a story in 2008 when the economy was crashing, it's like right. I came into the office one day and they were like, you all, in two weeks, you're done. And it's like, we didn't Ooh. see it coming. I mean, you know, but those things, at the time, I remember feeling scared because I'd never not had a full-time job, but a part of me was relieved. Mm. I was like, yeah. maybe I should look into starting my own business and then I got into freelancing and it was years la later that I decided to focus on photography but I mean that's just kind of uh, it, it, challenge helps us grow and the other thing is when you mentioned I think you said you charge $50 in the beginning for your portrait sessions yeah I had to chuckle because you were charging more than I was charging <laughs> it's just like <laughs> I feel it, you know, it's, oh my yeah. goodness, or at least hourly. I think one of the first sessions I had, I was charging like $25 an hour. I had no idea how to price myself. And yeah. the clients, they were wonderful people and I can't blame them. They were like, oh, okay, we'll rent you for four hours. That was the hardest hundred dollars I ever had to work for in my <laughs> life. Let me tell you, trooping around outside in the park. It was fun, but it's all, it's all a learning lesson. 
Yeah. And really and I want to talk about niching down because okay. you talked about how you decided to really focus your efforts on the right client. And 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 you mentioned everybody needs photos, everybody needs images, and that's true. But mm-hmm. in your case, why did you niche down? How has it benefited you? And why should we why should we consider it for our own businesses? No, absolutely. So I mean, I niche down genuinely because I found myself in shooting situations that I just did not feel excited about, like at mm-hmm. all. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I would be there and I'm like, why am I here? Like, why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yes. really it wasn't about me. It was more so about like, hey, can you take a picture of me like this? Can you take a picture of me like this? Like it was like just like I was the photo lady as opposed to being the photographer. Right. Um, and I just didn't feel excited about it. You know, it only takes a couple times for you to be in those situations. You're like, never again, you know? Mm-hmm. So um I had a good amount of never agains and it was mm-hmm. a good it wasn't the people, it was just more so I was not excited about it this is not something that I would I got enthralled about going home and editing or even looking at these photos it was just like (laughs) you know it was just kind of like "Mm -mm, this isn't it and when you start to you know think about like in in exchange of your time um it's just like well dang I don't want to do that like that's not the type of that's not the type of thing that I want to kind of like waste my time on you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. um I had to just really get clear on what I actually love to photograph and create and um couples was like my thing like I loved working with couples I love the idea of like capturing them in their this new young young love that they have and their excitement and you know as a as a prep for their wedding um and I really love portraits like I love a very classic and timeless image um that you know shows good emotion and um so over time I really learned that I love to do like branding portrait women portraits couple portraits you know that's just my thing it was it's my thing and so um through just trial and error and being in situations that didn't really I didn't really get excited about or I didn't feel valued at I was like okay I'm not I don't like this I really like this and I started to like um like I said when I rebranded I got really clear on okay who are you talking to and like what do they need from you like what are they coming to you for and, and what is your secret sauce that people really basically um want want it for me and um through that you know point of clarity it's just that was my that was like initially me niching down and being a wedding photographer being a portrait photographer and just like being proud of it, you know what I mean? And just saying, this is what I do. Um, and yeah, kind of like letting it be. <laughs> so when you decided to really focus your efforts, um, did you, were you more clear in your language on your website or the images yeah. that you showed? Or, or like in yep. what practical ways did you let people know, hey, this is what I want to focus on? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so all of that, like, I definitely said, like, I'm a wedding and portrait photographer, um, and um, 
I so I niche down on the site. So the site has like weddings, engagements, and portraits. And then under portraits, it said like anniversary, mm. celebratory, or branding. You know, and so this is you know, and then the imagery that I showed on the website and on my social media really started to evolve and kind of just change into those categories. Mm-hmm. And um, um, like I didn't, I also do corporate photography, which is typically like a word of mouth referral mm-hmm. um, from someone, you know, so I had a, like a private site on the back end for that. So I didn't share corporate work. Um, um, unless it was maybe a headshot that kind of could fit, that kind of could look the part. But I was very strategic in like what I shared because the idea is that you share what you want to book more of. Mm-hmm. And so like I hear sometimes like with my my members and my, my mentees, they're like, oh, I just keep getting, you know, these family sessions. I don't really want to do family. Like I really want to do couples. And I, you go to their website or you go to their social and you see families. And I'm like, well, that's why people are inquiring with you because they see themselves in your, in, in their, in your family work. That's right. Huge. And, and yep. that's not really what you want to book more of. So you have to either you have to just kind of start evolving and be strategic in sharing like what you actually want to book more of sharing what you want to book more of that is huge it's one of the things I struggled with um and I shared in the beginning in our intro pre-interview chat rather you know that I currently focus on business and corporate clients but back in the day it was more family photography and senior Mm -hmm. high school photography, and the occasional wedding. And (laughs) it's so funny, because I was sharing on my website, images that I thought were cool in and of themselves, but I didn't necessarily want to book more of those types of sessions. And so I was so like, angry, and not really angry, but frustrated and confused when I kept getting requests for things that I really wasn't, I wasn't trying to shoot more of. And then someone pointed out, well, look at your website. Like, why do you have these two random photos over here on your homepage mixed in with everything else that don't fit and people see those? And it was, when they pointed it out, it was such a no brainer, but yet it's such a huge thing that many of us as photographers struggle with when we, you know, fall in love with certain images. Like I had a couple images of some nice cars on my website. And I wasn't mm. trying to get more of that. They were just randomly there. And like mm-hmm. <laughs> learning to cull your own work and, and really focus your efforts on trying to get the right kind of clients and then sharing that on your website and social media is so important. And so I'm so glad yeah. that you that you pointed that out. And, you know, I'm I'm really curious with the pandemic going on. And you specifically with the kind of work that you do with weddings and, and portraits, how has the pandemic changed how you how you operate your business or even book sessions or do sessions with clients. Oh my gosh. Yes. So it's just changed this year completely. Like, like for everyone, Mm -hmm. we're all forced to kind of reevaluate and pivot and just kind of like do something new. Right. We're forced to do it. Um, and so, um, for the calendar year, I mean, a lot of my 2020 weddings that were on the calendar before COVID, they have moved to 2021. Um, I'd say probably like 70% of my 2020s moved to 2021. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And and I have a few that are sticking for the fall. Um, and I've done, now I've done three for this year, which is just so crazy because it's August. To hear me say that, 
it feels weird, but it's normal because of COVID. But right. even the three that I've done were all micro weddings, um, meaning no more than 30 people. Um, the number of hours. Um, so what's changed is the calendar and then also like the amount of coverage. Um, you know, so it may not be an eight hour day. A lot of them, because they're micro, it still has been a solid six hours because my bride and grooms, they still do want like the prep and we, and then they have a ceremony and then they want portraits and then mm -hmm. they have some sort of like reception that has been, that's been the case so far. Um, but then also how I'm shooting, like, of course, um, me and the team, we're wearing our masks and kind of in, you know, socially distancing, um, you know, within realm, of course, I'm not all in their grill, but, you know, <laughs> sometimes I might step in for a tighter shot. Um, but, you know, you're just kind of like being aware of people's space and, um, you know, just just th that we're in the middle of a pandemic. So that has changed. I have um, a wedding in September in Dallas, and this will it actually will have 100 people there. So wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm interested to see this is my first full, quote unquote, wedding thus far um but the the venue is a huge venue their ceremonies outside and their reception is inside the capacity of the of the space would be 300 so they're still less than 50 percent just within their guest list so mm -hmm. it just works out for for this couple um and i'm, I'm kind of excited about you know just being around that energy um for the couple in particular because it's just a really magical day and it i've I love being there. So, um, but yeah, so that, I mean, that is, that, that pivot has been real, but also I picked up micro weddings in 2020. So I have, you know, I've picked up um, a good amount, you know, maybe like a five or six, I think if I'm being realistic um, mm -hmm. and in the counts for a few more meaning like very intimate ceremonies, um, you know, not a lot of hours of coverage. Um, so that has made me really think about how to price that, right? Like if, mm -hmm. how, how does that even go? Um, and so really how I've approached it is I typically don't like, they, it has to be a minimum of two hours. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter what it is um, because People think one hour is enough, but it's never enough. And <laughs> nope. um, 60 minutes literally goes by like in a blink. And if something runs behind, you know, there there you are. So I'm minimum of two hours. And then I just think to myself, okay, what what is it? What How much do you want to make to leave the door? You know what I mean? Like, what is your minimum for that? Like to get out, to leave the door, and then to think about you coming back and doing like post-processing on these images and getting them back out. And so I've just kind of come up with like a pricing, an hourly pricing structure, but a minimum of two hours. And I kind of start there. Mm -hmm. And then we, we kind of build on that based on like how they want their day to flow, if they want prep, if they want, you know, portraits and just, you know, so... I've had to create that base because that looks different um, in, in COVID than in any other year. So that's been interesting. And then also I um, have my digital education platform called Photobomb Academy. Um, um, and I created that in 2017. And so through the pandemic, I've really just been very connected with my audience and just kind of 
showed up for them and kind of taking them through the journey of what it's been like for me because I think that like a lot of my students or mentees, they're newer. And so this came and it hit and it was just, they just, it was like, you know, what do I do? Like, how do I, you know, they just were stalled, being stalled like the rest of us. But I think that I'm a little bit more seasoned. So I'm like, hey, like, this is how I'm showing up. This is what I'm considering. You know, so I've been very connected with them. I've been doing a lot of um, coaching. Um, I I had my six-week group coaching program. Um, It's called From Hobbyist to Pro. So that has happened. So that was really fun and just being like, weekly just connected with them and and helping them through this and making sure that they're clear on the type of people that they do want to service and um you know showing up to a lot of different virtual summits and conferences and speaking and so it looks totally different like (laughs) the year looks totally different um but it i am shooting um I am shooting, you know, it's nowhere near like I, as much as I would, but I am blessed to say I am shooting. And I was looking at my galleries earlier and I probably have, I have like 21 that are, that I've shot during COVID plus some more. It's just not like it would have been before, but it's still, it is still there. Um, So, and I, I really attribute to that to that concept of sowing the seeds and reaping. Like I, um, like I've been in it for a while, but I still and try to be consistent in sharing my work and promoting my services and um, talking to my community of people, letting them know like my offers and if they need help and you know just putting being being out there like letting people know that you know this is what I'm offering and this is what I'm like being promoting your services and I think a lot of times um I you know we like COVID hit and people were scared and didn't know what to do and um but you know we just we have to just keep moving forward so um that's just kind of what this year is looking like I'm taking it day by day month by month but Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah now, you know, pivoting, it's the name of the game. It is. Name, and yeah. it, it all it all kind of blindsided us. But I love the fact that you, you mentioned you have 70% of your clients that you moved to 2021. And so right. you do have that business to look forward to. And, yeah. you know, I saw a fun thing online that another photographer was doing that was worth mentioning. They were doing change the date portrait sessions for clients that had um, weddings scheduled that had to be rescheduled. Um, and I mean, I have a family member who she was supposed to get married, I think, um, in the spring and then they changed the date and then they changed the date again. And it's just, your heart goes out to these couples who just, they want, this is supposed to be their special time to look forward to their wedding and be excited. So with the whole change of the date, they were just fun portrait sessions with just the two, you know, the bride and groom to be. And it was kind of commemorating the unique moment in history and a fun way to let their guests know, like, hey, <laughs> we had to push the date back. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it kind of, it is what it is. And I I don't want to put you on the spot. And I know I didn't mention that I was going to ask this, but I, I can't help it. Because <laughs> with every wedding photographer, there's always some kind of fun story. And this can be COVID or pre-COVID about, I guess, something unexpected Um 
that happened during a wedding and I guess how oh. you had to overcome that. And I mean, I'll kick it off. Like I've shared before on this podcast, the very first wedding that I did years ago when I used to do weddings, I woke up with the flu, like mm. a full blown case of the flu. And thank God I had hired an assistant that day, but you just don't not, you just can't call the bride and be like, Hey, not feeling well. Yeah. You know, I know we signed this contract six months ago. We've done all this planning, but I'm just not going to be there today. Nope. Yeah. Like, I showed up. I drugged myself up with some DayQuil. I don't even know. Some coffee at the same time. And, like, me and my assistant, we knocked it out of the park. But all that to say, things happen during weddings that, that are yeah, really do. unexpected. Does anything come to mind for you? And it can be COVID or pre-COVID. doesn't matter. Ah. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think. It's like, hmm, I've never had like a flat tire or anything. Thank God. What if I have to <laughs> knock on wood or something? Because um, I always worry about stuff like that. Like, oh, you know what happens? But I yeah. can't think of one time like we were basically about to start the reception and the DJ wasn't there. Oh. <laughs> oh it was so crazy. And I felt so bad. I mean, he ended up being like an hour and a half late. Oh, you gotta um, be kidding me. There, yeah, which means there's like no audio, there's no mics, there's no speakers, there's no anything. And so um, they kind of had to sit and wait. <laughs> which pushes um, everything back. Oh, I mean... Gosh. Yeah, yeah. I always tell my couples, like, um, one way to make your reception go as smooth as possible is just having, like, a professional wedding DJ. I mean, mm -hmm. because truthfully, they run all of the music, um, not even just the reception, the ceremony. They run some of the, usually they run the mics, um, your first dance, the different songs that you come down to, the you know, all of that. And so... Man, I've seen a couple of scenarios where the DJ is just like, uh, you know, kind of ruining it. So, right. um, but that, the one I'm thinking about in particular, yeah, he was like an hour and a half late oh. and it was just really, I know, so I felt so bad. So what I did was I just kept shooting the couple. <laughs> <laughs> they were like down to um, still just keep creating portraits and mm -hmm. this venue, their venue was beautiful. I mean, this wedding in particular, I think it was like New Jersey. I can not remember the name of the actual venue but it was like a it was like this mansion you know castle looking situation it was beautiful it was oh actually my goodness stunning so I just was like okay well we're just gonna keep shooting and and shooting and shooting and I mean thank thankfully she was like um I say she because I, I really do create this really like cool relationship with my bride like I, that they've just become my girls so she was just down to, you know, keep shooting and kind of take her mind off of the fact that we're everyone sitting and waiting. Mm. And um, yeah, so that was diff definitely different. And because of him kind of being late, I did have to stay like about, you know, a little longer, which I kind of just threw in there for this client because I felt bad, you know what I mean? And yeah. I wanted to still kind of capture that piece of the day. So, right. um, but yeah, that, that was unique. Um, trying to think of any and other, any, any like, little thing like that that happens it throws everything off and affects oh, sure. everybody and all of the vendors who who have to come together to make the day special yeah yeah i mean absolutely. it's yep yep and you know really so, i just wanted to highlight that versatility is the name of the game 
especially oh, with absolutely. wedding photo sessions. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You have to have like a plan A, a plan B and a plan C. Yep. You know, I tell people that you have to really be comfortable with manipulating light, whether it's like natural light or artificial light, you have mm-hmm. to really like really understand just have in your mind plan a and b and c for different lighting situations that you want to create because you just never know um you know what can actually happen on the day of and you just kind of have to be ready um to to shape it and and shoot in kind of a very short time frame and and kind of just keep it on moving yeah that's right. Love it. Yeah. I love it. So <laughs> just to switch gears a little bit, let's talk sure. about, because you mentioned that you love sharing your images and using that as a tool for a way to get the kind of clients that you want. What are some practical Instagram? Let's focus on Instagram since it's so huge right now and relevant to yeah. wedding and portrait photographers. What are some practical Instagram marketing strategies that photographers and creatives um, can use for their businesses? Yeah, so I mean, um, some of what I'm going to say might sound so basic, but I really find that people just don't do this. And that is just be consistent. Like, share your work. Like, put it <laughs> out there. You know what I mean? Post mm-hmm. the photo, right? Maybe create a story. Like, just share a little bit about you or what's going on behind the scenes or, you know, um, or even, you know, so a, my first tip would be be consistent, like actually share. And when I say consistent, I mean, don't like flood us, right? Like don't randomly on one day post like all 10 photos, all back to back to back to back to back. Like don't do that. I would rather you post those 10 photos over the next like 15 to 20 days, right? One photo every other day, Mm. um, just so that you kind of spread out the content and that you're actually showing up like consistently day every other day or, you know what I mean? Like you're creating, you're showing up kind of around the same time frame, or, you know, just showing up as opposed to flooding your timeline because that's really not going to um, work in your favor for the algorithm because after a while like if you just think about it when pe- when someone else floods your timeline you're like what is happening like why is this person posting <laughs> you know all of these photos and it, become- it kind of clogs up your timeline and you stop liking the post even if you like the post it just it's it becomes a little overwhelming. Too much. Yeah, um, yeah too much. And so you want to just kind of spread it out and um, show up kind of consistently in that way. So that would be my first tip. And then my second tip would be, you know, another kind of basic, but um, is to use hashtags and geotags. Like, so if you are posting, you know, um, you're in a certain city or at a certain venue or, you know, at a certain event, you can hashtag or um, geotag, meaning tag the location of that of that photo, um, and then hashtag you using hashtags like I don't know about other people, but I search hashtags. Like if I'm looking for Me some too. type of service, right? Yep. Like if I want to get my eyebrows threaded, I will search like eyebrow threading Houston or something like that, and I'll just see what comes up and look at a business and then I end up calling the business and making an appointment. You know what I mean? And so it's the same exact concept. Like if you are sharing um, engagement photos or you're sharing branding photos or seeing your portraits and it's in a certain city or a certain county or whatever, you can literally have, you know, use those hashtags and, um, 
you know, because that's a search option. It's a search option. So when you're thinking about a hashtag, I would make sure that the hashtag has like around 10,000 to maybe like 40 to 50,000 posts on it. Um, Cause that lets you know that it is a, a, a frequent, a hashtag that is frequently, you know, found used. It's not like 500 posts. And one of the posts is from like 2017. You know what I mean? <laughs> like mm-hmm. you, you want, it's a frequent post, but it's not too like boggled down um, where it's 5 million posts, you know, like hashtag love may not be the best hashtag to use because it has like a, over a million posts under it. And so it's hard to get, you know, find, content right um but if it's like a city or a county or a you know some, a venue specific then people might find it more and um, kind of and resonate with your content in that way and then kind of go down the rabbit hole of you and your work and all of that kind of stuff so definitely use hashtags and geotags and then my third tip for instagram and for us photographers i have to say this it would be to tell your story, show your face, <laughs> okay? Mm. Show your face. Like <laughs> I found so many photographers, we just hide behind our photos. We, you know, um, we don't show our, tell our story. We don't show our face. We feel like, I mean, who really wants to know? Like, why is that important? But in this day and age, people buy from people. Like people buy um, and connect with other people. Um, and so, even if you think about how you like, you might have someone on the internet that you absolutely love, right? I bet money, you know, something about their story or something that they went through, or there's something that you connected that they like this and you like this too. And you know what I mean? Like you made this like connection to them or a product for some specific reason. Um, and so it's the same way. Like we are um, service providers. We provide a personal service. And people want to work with people and they want to work with, you know, someone that they kind of feel this like connection to. And so we'll talk about the KLT factor, which speaks directly to that. I would charge us photographers to share our story, like share what inspired you, how you got to where you are, share your face, um, share you holding a camera. Um, I cannot tell you the number of times I like look at another photographer's page and I'm literally like, what does the owner look like? Like, who is this? Yep. Who is the photographer? Mm-hmm. Like, what do they look like? Right? <laughs> and it ir- it kind of irritates me because I just want to see, you know, the person behind the camera that's creating these beautiful photographs. Like, I want to know more about them, you know? And so um, that would be my third tip for Instagram marketing. You know, it, it, it's those are great tips. By the way, I still struggle with number one. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. it is, it's it, like you said, it's basic, but it's so important and just something that we all struggle with but I love the fact that you yeah. mentioned like you could take one work, work from one day's or photos from yeah. one day's work and spread it out over a yeah. couple it's weeks it's it not out. like you yeah. have to post them all at once and so that gives you some breathing room when you know you've got weeks worth of content from one photo shoot or one wedding um yeah. go right into the KLT factor though talk about what that yeah. is and why it's important For sure. So KLP stands for the no like and trust factor. Mm. Um, And this is just a marketing, um, just like a marketing basic, I I would think of it just like people, again, people buy from people, right? And so the way you can make this connection, this personal and emotional connection um, is to, you know, 
increase your no like and trust factor um, with your audience. And so um, knowing it would be an example would be to share your story, right? Like um, they, you know, be very clear on what you do and who you do it for. Like I said, I'm a wedding photographer for the chic and modern. I'm a portrait photographer, you know, for my, my brand um, clients or anniversaries and celebratory and stuff like that. And so when people know you and they just kind of get to know more about your story or, you know, feel this, like this authenticity from you, that's how they, the trust increases, right? Mm -hmm. And trust isn't given, it's earned. And so you can increase the trust by creating content that has like a similar style, you know, that you, you create this, this imagery that looks like, you know, people should, I, I love when people are like, oh my God, I knew you created this photo before I saw your name, you know, because <laughs> then that lets you know that there's a connection that my style of work is consistent. Um, and through the consistency and through me just like authentically talking about what I do and sharing tips and just being me, um, people build this trust um, and this liking towards me. So working with me, it, it becomes like, you know, someone's like, oh, I need a photographer. They're, they they may never work with me. They'd be like, oh, I know this one girl that I follow and she's blah, 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 you know, and they, they pass me on mm -hmm. to someone else or something like that. And so this no like and trust factor is super important. And it's something that you just kind of build over time um, through being consistent, sharing your story, you know, making sure that like the type of work is consistent. You know what I mean? Like not confusing your audience on what you who you are a photographer for um and so yeah and then you know over time you just really build up um this trust and to me trust is one of my core values within my business because it is so important that my clients trust me so that I'm create I can create the most um you know positive working creative working environment um, so that I can just like freely create, you know, and be a creative. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. And so trust really aids in that a lot for me. And so it's really important to me. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of big on it. You know, it, it, yeah, I like it. The no like and trust factor, it goes a long way. How do I say this? We are the unique factor in our own business. The thing yeah. that makes your photography business different from mine which is different from the photographer down the street, it's us. And so yeah. I love the fact that you pointed out that we we need to put ourselves out there. Like people need to see your face, which yep. I know it can be scary. I'm an introvert. And so those who are listening who are terrified of, of having face of their face, photos or even video, which I think is so powerful, video yeah. of you <laughs> in action, you know, it's their easy ways to do it and it's totally worth it like I had an assistant she's moved away now to Tennessee but at the time I gave her my second camera and was like just take footage of me working with the camp with the clients don't tell right. me when you do it because <laughs> at the time I was going to freeze up but she just got me in my natural element oh, that's and nice. we just put together yeah. like a 59 second video and that really helped me get more business as this newbie in Port Huron put a little music over it oh my goodness it was awesome it but was everything. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I just, I love how transparent you are with your tips. And yeah. I totally see why you are a photography coach just talking to you. <laughs> and, you know, I want to make sure 
and highlight, we are coming to the end of our interview, which makes me sad, but you mentioned <laughs> Photobomb Academy, was it? Where can people find out about that? Yes, yes. So, um, yep, my education platform is called Photobomb Academy, where I help make um, photographers business and photos bomb. <laughs> my little slogan. Yeah, so they can go to photobombacademy.com and connect with me on there. Also, I have an Instagram. It's at photobombacademy. Um, and my uh, personal slash business Instagram is Ray Whitney, and that's spelled R-H-E-A, um, Whitney, W-H-I-T-N-E-Y. And they can connect with me on there. And so, um, yeah, that that's the academy. I have different, like, programs and courses through the academy um i have my signature course is called from hobbyist to pro and mm. it basically teaches the five phase roadmap to building out a photography business so it's a lot about the business running the business um and so if you are like a newer photographer just getting started um if you do not have an llc and you are just like i know i need to do better at this business stuff but i don't even know where to begin that course that would it would be perfect for you so like hit me up let's talk i would love to tell you a little bit more about it and you know get you in there and then i also um do one-on-one coaching um for photographers and kind of just um depending on where they're at i have like a framework and so um just to kind of meet them where they're at. So whether they're within the foundation or they're in like the presence, the marketing piece, or they're in the production phase where they need to really get clear on their revenue sales goals and like that next level di digital marketing piece uh, for their business. I just kind of meet them where they're at and we, we, we go all in, we do all of the hard stuff and I, tell you the things that you need to do so that you can, um, you know, build a solid, a better foundation or just really like ramp up your marketing efforts um, to reach more people and, you know, start working with the type of people you want to work with. So that is, you know, a little bit about the Academy. And then I also have a new accelerator program that I'm like launching this fall slash winter mm -hmm. um, and that's going to be for more of the professional photographers those people that have maybe been in business like three to five years and they're really ready to make more money and just kind of also monetize their expertise like their knowledge um, and so I am going to help them reach um, their first five figure month so I'm excited about it. It's going to be really, really good, very transformational. And that's going to be a six-month kind of mastermind accelerator. So it's going to be um, a game changer for, for the photographers that are enrolled. So that's a little bit about the, the Academy. I love it. I love it. And what Yay. you are doing is helping the industry. Um, yes, which, I'm you know, it's, it's, we're all running our own businesses, but yet we are all connected. Because yes. every time a photographer undercharges for their their services, they're undervaluing the industry as a whole. Mm, and that does yeah. affect the rest of us. It really, yeah. really does. And so I yeah. love what you're doing. Keep at it. We will make sure and include those links in the show notes. Ray, thank you again. This has just thank been awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. And I cannot wait to share this with my audience. Your podcast is great and you keep doing what you're doing as well. And, Thank you know, you. it's all about helping others as we as we climb and we learn the road, the, the you know, the little blocks in the road and stuff like that. But 
keep going. You know, this is a gift. This is like part of, it's really fun to be a creative. So don't lose the fun in it, you know, but, um, do, do what you have to do to get where you want to be, you know? So thank you again for letting me come on and chat with you. Absolutely. If you're enjoying this podcast, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening. The more reviews we get, the easier it is for people to find this podcast and search rankings. We want to reach as many people as possible and help improve our photo industry. I appreciate you all. Thanks for listening.